0: Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have conversations with your friends and family about this week's gospel. My name is Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the youth missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego.
1: And I'm the Reverend Hannah Wilder, and I am an employee at St. Andrew's Encinitas.
2: And I'm Demetrius Grigg. I am the Congregational Development Director at St. Bartholomew's Episcopal Church in Poway.
0: Welcome back, Demetrius. We are so delighted that Hannah, being the all-star that she is, was able to convince you to join us once again.
2: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad to be back. I, I think this is a great resource for our diocese, so thank you both for doing it.
0: Oh, we have a great time. Hannah and I love to hang out together. Um, we do. <laughs> but that being said it is important to name that a very important member of our team is not here this week and that is david tremaine david tremaine is wrapping up his vacation and we are hoping getting ready to wing his way back to us here and next week he will be back on the podcast so don't worry that he he has not left us forever. He is just taking some well-earned Sabbath time.
1: Bye safely, David.
0: Um, and just a moment ago, Demetrius told you um, that he is at St. Bart's in Poway, one of the churches in the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And while oftentimes we ask our guests to share if they have a God sighting, I jumped right in front of that line because mine was really good this week and I wanted to be able to share it with all of you. This week is the Episcopal Schools Celebration, and actually that in itself was a joyful thing for me because for a long time I always called it National Episcopal Schools Week, but we Episcopalians, we like to celebrate, so we actually call it the Episcopal Schools Celebration, and I think that's such a beautiful way to consider the important work of Episcopal schools is that it is truly a celebration of faith and education and outward facing love. There are so many beautiful things about our Episcopal schools. This week, however, my school, Christ Church Day School in Coronado, which is kindergarten through grade six, has been a beacon of light and love. Everywhere I have gone this week, it has just been running into God, left, right, and sideways. My favorite moment, though, was in Tuesday's chapel. We were joined by Bishop Susan Brown Snook, the Bishop for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego, for worship. It was her first time being back with us since the pandemic hit, her first opportunity to worship with the children. And we have this year begun singing all you need is love by the Beatles as the gifts are brought forward to set the table for communion and she's wearing a mask we're all wearing masks right but you can see the smile all the way up around her eyes as the table is being set with all of these little voices singing all you need is love and and when they sing it, they sing it right. Because you know, it's all you need is love. And then a whole crew of them will go, dun dun, na, na, na. <laughs> so their commitment is wholehearted. The love is outpouring. And God's presence in that sacred space with those children and Bishop Susan and our Christchurch Day School families, it just was palpable. It was wonderful. That's
1: beautiful. And congratulations, Charlotte, on being commissioned by the bishop as the day school chaplain. That's really wonderful that you were recognized for that work that you've already been doing for so many years. Yeah, it
0: it was wonderful. And Bishop Susan, she's just so fantastic. and. It was a little overwhelming for me, if I'm honest, even though we all preach and we teach and we do all of those things, being the center of attention is not always easy, Um, but she loved me through it and and it was wonderful. And it feels tremendous to know that I have her blessing as I do this important work here.
1: Much deserved, yeah, congrats.
0: Thank you. Thank you. We had a listener send us a God sighting this week also that I wanted to share.
1: Oh, that's great. great.
0: I know. So this email comes from as well, this email was signed Richard the chalice bearer, um, which (laughs) I love in and of itself. But Richard writes, I have been enjoying your podcast for some time now and have always felt intrigued by your concept of seeing God. I have decided to share with you my latest encounter. I have been planning for a few years now to hike the Camino Portuguese to Santiago, Spain. I was all set to go in September 2020, but we all know what happened. Currently, I hope to go in 2022, but I will be 69 years old then, so I was not sure if I would be able to do it. I walk a lot each week, but not 10 to 15 miles a day. Then I received an invitation from the American Pilgrims on the Camino organization to go on a hike from Tarrytown, New York, heading south. My goal was to reach Yonkers, 11.5 miles distant. When I arrived at the Tarrytown train station and met up with the group, they were the friendliest people I could imagine. They encouraged me, answered my questions, and were wonderful company on the journey. And I made it to Yonkers, and could have continued on. This journey gave me faith in my ability to do the Camino next year, barring any unforeseen circumstances. I felt lifted up by God's love shining forth from my companions on the trail. I always appreciate the positive ways you greet and support each other when you do the podcast. Thank you for that. Richard, the Chalice Bearer.
2: Well, you know, not only is being the chalice bearer important work in the church, but, you know, thanks be to God for that experience he had. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, I am absolutely with you, Demetrius. And I loved getting to hear about, I always think about walking with Christ in the Camino is such an important way that so many different people take that pilgrimage. But not being able to go there, I mean, certainly you can walk with Christ in Yonkers, New York as well.
2: Absolutely.
1: That's awesome. I just want to add my kudos for Richard the Chalice Bear and just thanks for listening and thanks for sharing your God sighting. That's really, really cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So all of that to say that we want to hear from you. Do you have a place that you saw God this week? Do you have a point to highlight from the gospel? If you do, would you please reach out to us? You can email us at faith2go at edsd.org. Contact us through the website, myfaith2go.org, or contact us on Instagram, which is at faith 2 to go all of those are great ways to get in contact with us and we truly do want to hear from you you are an important member of our community and i think that that takes us to the gospel so this gospel is for sunday october 17th it is proper 24 in year b we are still in the gospel of mark it is chapter 10 verses 35 to 45. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to Jesus and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What is it you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand, and one at your left, in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink, or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They replied, we are able. Then Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink you will drink, and with the baptism with which I am baptized you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they have recognized as their rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. But it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many.
1: Thanks, Charlotte. I do have a little bit of context. We are in the Gospel of Mark, which we've been in for a few weeks now, and we're hearing a whole bunch about the Son of Man, and about how the first should be last, and what will happen to the Son of Man, the journey of rejection, suffering, death, and resurrection, and new life. And I love Mark because it's a really quick paced gospel. He uses words like immediately, and then, and then, you know, and suddenly. And so the whole time, it's like an extended passion narrative. You have this feeling that in the whole gospel, Jesus just has his face set toward Jerusalem and it's a quick journey right to the cross. Um, Also, I want to mention that this term son of man comes from the book of Daniel. Mm. which is such a beautiful prophetic book. If you haven't read it, read it, I recommend it. And it's this vision of the end times and one coming down from heaven, who looks like a son of man, a human person, a human being. And so Jesus is really talking about the journey of a human, kind of like the journey of every man, every human, every mm. person here. So so that's just a little bit of context to get us started.
0: Yeah, thank you, Hannah. That's really helpful. And so, as always, we like to highlight points that stand out for us in the gospel reading. And Demetrius, I think that you, as our guest, have our first point today.
2: Oh, great. I mean, again, it's good to be back with you. I think the last time I was with you, I had Mark's passion. Uh, so I, I'm becoming <laughs> uh, well versed in Mark's gospel, uh, I guess, is a way to put it. Uh, but for me, uh what really stood out and that you'll see throughout mark's gospel is he you know he really talks a lot about status and uh position, and I think we're seeing that again here uh with you know james and john's uh request to sit at his right um and his left um additionally you know and I think as you know as christians you know we 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 tend to really get caught up um in this this notion of status and you know particular social order um but you know another part of the gospel that stood out uh is when jesus um says to them you know the cup that i drink you will drink and the baptism with which i am baptized you will be baptized and, you know, however one perceives status or position, you know, this becomes intrinsic to us as Christians because we drink from the same cup as Jesus and we are baptized in the same baptism um, as Jesus. And so that um, that is something that is inherent upon us um, as disciples uh, and followers um, of Christ. And, you know, additionally, later on in the gospel, jesus really rails against um you know the social order uh that uh, is is there uh when he when he says to the other disciples you know that among the gentiles those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them and their great ones are tyrants over them um and you know it just left me with a question of you know really as a follower of christ how do I look at the systems that are around us? How do I look at the social order um, that um, is around us? And, you know, how do we be more like Jesus Mm -hmm. in that moment and call those systems out for their faults uh, and make sure they're working um, for everyone? So uh, this was, uh, I much preferred this particular gospel passage of Mark's than the last um, that I had, but, again as followers of christ jesus is really made human um in um in this passage and you know i think leaves us with an important question um as christians how do how do we break down the the notions of status and privilege uh and really focus on the betterment of others Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: yeah thank you for that reflection demetrius because i think that what I hear so clearly from you is that it's not enough to consider our own role. We have to look bigger and beyond ourselves to consider the overall good in the world. And that means that analyzing our role as part of it, but also looking to the systems in place and analyzing what needs to be broken apart, what needs to be repaired, what needs to be formulated entirely differently in order to serve all of us.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: hmm Well, and I think that that takes us pretty neatly to mine, which is the second point, which has to do with this section that we hear from Jesus at the end, and which at this point we've heard a few times from Jesus. And that is, whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. And I think that Jesus has said this a lot of times at this point. <laughs> I was trying to come up with like a kind way to say it, but I feel like Jesus has said this a lot of times at this point. He's rephrased it. He's reframed it, you know, but, but the learning is slow, and so he keeps he keeps trying to bring it to them in another way. And I was struck with this imagery from The Princess Bride. I don't know how many of you that are listening right now have watched that movie. I'm betting it's, it's a good number of you. But there's this character Vizzini in it who every time something happens, he goes, Inconceivable! Right, that it couldn't be possible that the man climbed up the cliff and it couldn't be possible that the giant was defeated and it couldn't be possible that he outsmarted the Sicilian in a game of chance. And over and over again, he keeps saying, inconceivable. And Inigo Matoya, beloved by many, says, turns and looks at him finally, and he goes, I don't think this word means what you think it means.
1: (laughs) Totally. Totally. That is such an apt metaphor for the disciples here. Right? (laughs) And I don't think this baptism and this cup mean what you think it means.
0: Yes, right? And that I feel like this is what Jesus is doing through all of this. And obviously the Princess Bride was created a few years later, and it is not a sacred text. But... It is a relatable moment, a humanizing moment, or a way to bring the context of it into our own, so our own lives. And the reason why I think that it's so powerful for me is that what Jesus is saying is that being a servant of all isn't so that you can achieve your own ranking in your own position. Like the glory that they're talking about here in Jesus's glory is who Jesus is as a person, which is the person that dined with prostitutes and talked to tax collectors and healed and taught and served and he didn't do any of that for a big fancy gold throne. He did all of that because it was integral to who he was as the son of man. And the the reason why Jesus served everyone was because that was the important part. It wasn't the end, you know, it wasn't the means to an end. It was that that was the important part. And so in this conversation with the disciples, I really think that it's, again, a reframing, a retelling, um, a check your work moment maybe for them of saying, no, if you want to follow me, if you are going to drink from this cup and be baptized with my baptism, if you want to be on this journey with me, then the reason why you serve is to do so with humility and for the good of all.
1: Amen, Charlotte. And I think that, you know, the disciples are so relatable. We can identify with them. And I've heard that in the south, they call them the disciples because it takes them a while to learn stuff. So James and John, duh. You know, but these are Jesus' closest followers. And they also seem to be like the most confused in the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, other people are like getting Jesus and, you know but they're not getting it. But I think that's good because it reminds us to have compassion for ourselves. And, you know, we're all on this journey And we are just striving to know more, to understand more, and the journey itself is important. So um, I think that it's so interesting how they're like, teacher, we want you to do whatever we ask of you, like, here's my Christmas list, you know? And I think a lot of us think about prayer that way and how we interact with God that way. Like, as long as I ask directly, whatever I ask for, I'm going to get it. But my experience is that that is 100% not true. (laughs) (laughs) That things have turned out better than I ever could have thought or hoped. And, you know, I can't even see, like if I think back to where I was five years ago, would I have thought that I would be where I am now in my life? No. And is it way more mind-blowingly cool than I would have thought or planned? Yes. (laughs) So I just love how jesus responds to them um and we can see god meeting them where they are he doesn't say to them immediately no and he doesn't say yes and he doesn't say how dare you you know he doesn't shame them for asking him this way he says you know he asks them a question he's like Mm -hmm. what is it you want me to do for you so he answers their question with a question which jesus is awesome at doing and it's a good thing that we could all learn from (laughs) and um he just engages them where they are in their journey just encouraging them to to know more and and not cutting them off so um i think too it's interesting that he says you know sitting at my right hand or my left hand is not mine to grant Mm -hmm. you know it's like jesus is calling us into this journey of rejection suffering death resurrection new life like that's a journey we all have to go on multiple times in our lives but he's like you're going to go on this journey but it's not mine to say where it's going to end up Mm -hmm. it's not up to me to grant an outcome you know that's up to each of us and how we engage the journey and and where we end up depends on us yeah
0: well and hannah i love you're saying like because we all know that jesus loves to answer a question with a question um, well, what do you think, Hannah? Right? <laughs> we can just hear. We can just hear Hannah. We can just hear Jesus calling us out like that. But I think that sometimes in that moment, it's a reflection that the answer is within us, and sometimes we're afraid to look in there to to see what it is that's truly written on our hearts. And Jesus is always. Encouraging us, actually, Jesus is encouraging us in both directions, right? To look outside of ourselves at the world, at the pain and the suffering and our call to be active in it, and to look within ourselves to see how to meet those needs.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. And I think that, you know, it's so hard because as humans, we want certainty and we want to know where we're headed and what the outcome is going to be. But that's just not the case. You know, that's not real life. Like, there's always uncertainty. But with that comes great possibility, you know? Yeah. yeah. There's, like, like risk and reward. So and it's never, hard. It's hard, though.
0: And never has that been a more truth l- truthful lesson than those of us living through our second year of a global pandemic. Mm.
1: Yeah. No kidding.
0: I sure would like some certainty, Jesus. <laughs>
1: And and it's like, you know, Jesus doesn't promise an outcome. He promises a process, Mm -hmm. you know, and we are all living through that right now, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that we constantly are invited to walk more closely with Christ and to walk more closely with each other.
1: Yeah. And just take it one step at a time. That's all we can do.
0: So my friends, that is three points. Um, we started off with Demetrius's point, which was about <laughs> Jesus's pushing against status and position um, and taking that not just for our own status and position, but also how it takes us one step further into systems and the social order and really considering who are you serving and what does it mean as a Christian to serve others? Because status and status and rankings is not part of that. Um, It was followed closely by mine, which had to do with really listening to what Jesus means by serving each other and the ways in which we humbly can serve each other, not for any reward, but just for the act of being in community together and being truly of service. And then lastly, we had Hannah's fabulous point, um, which has to do with this invitation from Jesus, that our temptation towards transactional prayer is not actually where we want to end up. That in opening ourselves up to Jesus and hearing the invitation from him to ask ourselves those hard questions, we may end up someplace that's even more wonderful than what it is we actually think we want for ourselves. And, and an invitation to be open to that. And so we want to. Yes, oh, go ahead, Hannah.
1: No, that's all. I just agree. Good sum, summarization of our points. No, Thank you. Absolutely.
0: Thank, Thank you, you, Charlotte. <laughs> um, but all of that to say, we do want to hear from you. And I want to know this week, in addition to where you have seen God, how has prayer shaped and changed you? How does it change your interaction with the world, with yourself? with Jesus? What is your favorite prayer practice? I think as we are nearing the end of ordinary time and preparing for Advent, preparing to prepare even, um, that maybe an invitation to go a little deeper with prayer is something good. So if you have a favorite prayer practice or a time or a way that prayer really strengthens you, why don't you send us an email, faith2go at edsd.org, contact us through the website, myfaith2go.org, or check us out on Instagram and send us a message there at faith go Because truly, it is through being community that we are all better, and you are an important part of our faith2go community. So next week, David will be back. We will be excited to welcome him again. We are looking forward to the next time, Demetrius. You will come on, and maybe we'll give you some Luke next time. I don't know. I was
2: gonna ask. Can I have Luke? I <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, I I definitely look forward um, to being back. Uh, obviously, I love spending time with the both of you uh, and David as well. Uh, I've had some, I've had a chance to spend some time with David, and so yes, I definitely uh, look forward to being back.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, the season, the time, it is a change in. So we will be leaving Mark here and not
1: too much longer. I just want to say for the record, Demetrius, what you said last time about Jesus's passion in Mark was awesome. I mean, that was one of the best Faith to Go episodes, I thought. So you're just amazing. And thanks for being on.
2: Yeah. Uh, No, Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I do enjoy it. I really do.
0: Yeah, well, I'm so glad. And Hannah, as always, thanks for being a Faith to Go All Star and always with enthusiasm stepping in when called upon. (laughs) Woo! I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for asking me, Charlotte. Goodbye, everybody.
2: Goodbye. Goodbye,